Welcome into another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. With me, as always, giving you all of the knowledge is Jordan Sherwood. You can follow him on Twitter at Woodon ESPN 1000. We are back to preview another UFC fight night and also to give you a quick little taste of another big pay-per-view coming up next week that is UFC 281 but we've got this one again this is like the this is we talk about it all the time Jordan this is the preview this is the uh this is getting to the movie theater early this is the trivia that you're trivia like game, yeah, coming attractions the, yeah, exactly. a little bit you're like do I all right which fight can I get up and go to the bathroom in before the before the lights go down and we get to the real previews and then you're like okay now 281 will be your real main event for lack of a better word or your major motion picture but we get a, a pretty decent UFC fight night here coming up uh, in Vegas with um, Marina Rodriguez and Amanda Yamos. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I think that there's a couple fighters that I'm interested in seeing uh, fight. Daniel Rodriguez is always entertaining. He's in the co-main event. Grant Dawson hasn't fought in a little bit. Very intrigued with his fight against Mark O'Madson. And I think overall, if you look from top to bottom, this card will feature a lot of finishes. So okay. if you like playing the under in a lot of these fights, and a couple of them I will recommend, I would look to that. I think, again, the smaller cage at the apex, which we always know lends credence to, unders happening, and then the stylistic matchups with a lot of these fighters uh, also will lead to under. So I, I am excited for this uh, fight night card uh, with a lot of notable names and a lot of uh, fun matchups. All right, so there, uh, if you're looking for a theme here, it'll probably be the under for some of these fights. You mentioned Grant, da- Grant Dawson and Marco Madsen. Let's start there. Grant Dawson, minus 245, the favorite to Marco Madsen, plus 185. This is a short-notice, lightweight pairing. Uh, a lot of intrigue coming into this fight. Uh, you know, Dawson had, had the chance to come in uh, and fight the Olympic medalist, the former Olympic medalist who's unbeaten in Marco Madsen. But Dawson is the underdog here. So, or is the favorite here. I mean, how do you see this one between these two, which starts our uh, main card here? Yeah, I look, I'm excited for Grant, uh, Grant Dawson. He's 18 and one. He came into the UFC with a, not a, a lot of notoriety. He's unbeaten so far. A guy that's very well versed on the ground, has a lot of submissions to his game, 12 wins uh, via submission. And, and against a guy against Mark O'Madson, like his credentials from a grappling standpoint are going to truly be tested because we're talking about an Olympic medalist in Mark O'Madson late to the game in his mixed martial arts and his UFC career. But he's also been impressive, been in some tough wars with some veterans like Clay Guida throughout his UFC tenure. I think actually this is the one of those fights that's not favorable to a finish. I think that because of the grappling exchanges that are going to take place between the two, I think that Grant Dawson having a little bit more maturity, a little bit more athleticism, he's the younger fighter, and he obviously I think he's going to be a little bit more well-versed in the striking, but I'm very interested to see how he's going to handle the grappling uh, acumen and credentials that Mark O'Manson has, but I think straight up Grant Dawson gets the win. I'm going to favor the age. I'm going to not be worried about the cardio because that has come into question before with Grant Dawson. He'll be a bigger fighter in there as well. But I think you put him into a parlay. You know, the price a little bit too steep for me to lay straight up. 
with Grant Dawson, but I think he gets the win, and we, we finally uh, hand Marco Madsen his first loss in his uh, UFC career. So there will be a decision in this fight, is what you're saying, and if you look at that, that is plus 140, Dawson to win by decision if you think this is going to go the distance. Would you recommend that play? I, I think so. I, I think that Marco Madsen uh, is is well-schooled enough to not fall into a trap with Grant Dawson on the ground. Grant Dawson has been able to take advantage of guys with submissions and get them out of the the, the octagon in, in quite impressive fashion. But this is a particular instance where I think Grant Dawson's probably going to prefer to keep the fight standing because he knows he has the advantage there. And then if he goes to the ground, it's about control. Mm-hmm. It's about making sure Marco Matson can't get back to his feet or get top mount position. Grant Dawson's not going to like give that up to try and fight off of his back. He's not really that type of Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. He's more of a guy that's looking for that top game, looking for control, and then going to get a submission – but I don't think he'll find it. So, yes, this is one of the fights that I would recommend playing the over at two and a half and then stuffing Grant Dawson right now currently at FanDuel. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon at minus 245. So a little bit steep of a price. I'll put him into a parlay. All right. And then by decision, if you want to do a little bit of a sprinkling that. Our next fight is interesting. You've got Tagir Ulambekov, who's minus 215, against Nate Manus, who is plus 162. He's also fighting at flyweight, and he's 5'10". Like, he's 5'10", he's making the jump up or down. I don't really know which way it is. You're up or down, up up to flyweight. That means you're putting on weight, I guess, so it should be down, jumping down. Jumping down from bantamweight down. to flyweight. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know, but he's, you know, you're if you go by, so, like, when I wrestled in high school for a little bit, was not very good, but, like, jumping up would mean he's fighting like you always remember when you did you wrestle did you ever wrestle Have you ever wrestled i took wrestling at, like in gym class in seventh grade okay. like you did like you know a week of it so the way so no. the way you go to when you go to a wrestling meet you go in order of weight class so that's why i said i questioned jumping up because it means he'd be fighting earlier like if this was wrestling so he'd be going like if you're going like if wrestling 125 those go before like 130 what was it 132 and then those were before the 145 kids and then like it goes on and on and on until you get to your heavyweights right so like those were that was like the main event uh, was the, was the big kids the the football players essentially like the, the two linemen are just going up against each other so to me, that's why I said moving up but he is moving down uh, in weight in flyweight so is he gonna make weight? That's what I have to wait for. Today, as it stands, he hasn't had to make the weight yet, so I'm trusting that the weight cut is going well for Nate Manis. Uh, He's going to win this fight, especially as the underdog, because... The unfortunate thing for uh, Ulan Bekov is that he's going to look for chain wrestling. He's going to look for takedowns, and that's extremely difficult to do against a guy that's going to be the bigger fighter in the cage, the stronger and more powerful striker, and a guy that's also you know can grapple when he's asked to. It's just very interesting to see, as you alluded to, how at five ten, and he's a big bantamweight. Like he's not like a teeny twig, or no. you know, he is is extremely muscular and actually big for the bantamweight division. But he's looking at it right now in his career. Where he's kind of you know fledged winning wins and losses in the bantamweight division. Like, is this an opportunity right now for me to take advantage of my ability to beat the scale? And that's actually, if you talk to any mixed martial arts fighter, that's the first thing they have to worry about is beating the scale, making sure they are on weight. And once they do that, then. It's kind of the easier portion of it. It's it's the fight. It's mm-hmm. the fight that I've been preparing for. So if Nate Manis looks good on the scale, buy him immediately. Okay. That's one of my advisement. Again, we're recording the podcast here Wednesday afternoon, Friday morning. Uh, they will weigh in. If Nate Manis is one of the first guys to the scale, he looks good, he doesn't look drained out, 
then you buy him. If he doesn't look good, Ulembekov's a, a very solid play because, again, a guy that's had to worry about the weight cuts, not going to come in with all the energy that he needed to, and then he's going to go into a three-round wrestling match for 15 minutes, that's not a good formula. But I, right now, straight up, love Nate Manis, especially at plus 160. Okay, so at 3 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon, you like Nate Manis I will up. fire off a tweet. Okay. On Friday afternoon, what where I am ESPN in position, where I am on correct, yes. where I am in a position, uh, I'll, I'll tag you. You get some love as well from, from me and my sixteen hundred followers. And, I'll retweet you. Uh, thank you very there much. You That'll go. bump it up like four or five, yeah. hopefully. Uh, but I, again, like stylistically, it's a bad matchup for Ulan Bekoff. Like he's a guy that's going to have to like wrestle, and he's not going to have the advantage on the feet, and he's going to have to rely on being able to muscle around a guy that's going to be bigger and stronger than him that has a, a wrestling background. So that yeah, I, I was I. I I think the only thing is, is right now they're looking at it like, how is Nate Mandis going to make this weight? That's why yeah. he's the underdog. Well, and we don't talk a lot about training camps usually, but Ulan uh, Bekov does train with Islam Makachev and Umar Namagomedov. Like, does that factor into, like, they're all just so good. Like, the Namagomedovs, Makachev obviously winning uh, a couple weekends ago. Like, does that factor into, like, obviously it helped Bilal Muhammad, friend of the show. Congrats to Bilal Muhammad on his win over Sean Brady. We haven't recorded since then. Shout out to him. We gave it to you as an underdog. How about that? We'll keep riding with Bilal Muhammad until he, he might be a favorite. I don't know, maybe he's not a favorite in his next fight because maybe he actually gets a damn title shot for once. But, uh, so, so, does that factor into any of your decision making because the guys that come out of those camps are always so good. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is iron sharpens iron for sure. That is a mentality that most people have within the mixed martial arts community and when you're fighting in the UFC. But I will say this: at times, you know, there, there's a, there's these gyms like American Top Team. Oh, there's so many great fighters at American Top Team, but then. There's not so much time for the coaches to spend and, and, and concentrate. Whereas, you know, you look at a, a fight camp like the one that Kamaru Usman is at, where it's 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 Usman, it's Gagey, uh, and it's like Rosnam and Yunus. And there might there might be like one or two high profile mm-hmm. fighters, but that's it. So, like, the entire time is spent on them. So, maybe something gets a little bit lost, but absolutely. Ulembekov, I mean, look, he's the flyweight version of, of all, you know, that kind of, like, wrestling and grappling. So, yeah, yeah. if he's training with Nurmagomedov and, and Nurmagomedov is in his corner, absolutely. That, that gets me thinking a little bit more about Ulembekov and his success inside the octagon. All right, we'll move on to, I did mention some heavyweights earlier, so we'll go on to those heavyweights right now. Chase Sherman, minus 128 against Josh Parisian, who's plus 100. This is a, a great, a good heavyweight fight right now. I, I don't want to really say great, but a good heavyweight fight. Sherman had a four-fight slide earlier, but then he picked up a victory his last time out. And then, uh, you know, uh, Parisian, who's come from the uh, Dana White Contender Series of 2020, he's got a couple wins, a couple losses here, but how do you see these two big guys coming in? in the yeah, cage Parisians lo- rotated wins and losses. Yeah. So uh, he was victorious his last time out. Actually, I, I faded him. I had Alan Boudot in that fight. Boudot lost. Uh, but if you know, if the uh, rotation, what is it? The, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. What's the word? Like win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Yeah, The pattern. Thank yes. you. The pattern continues. Uh, Josh Parisian should lose. Uh, I don't believe in the pattern because he's fighting Chase Sherman. And I love Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman would be a great guest for us to have. We should try and book him on the next podcast because his story is great. And he's, the dude just fights. He just, you know, bites down his mouth, Pete, and he fights. But, you know, he lost four fights in a row in the UFC. He was sitting on his couch and got asked to come back to the UFC. He's, he's gone over the bare knuckle boxing and competed in that <laughs> as recently as two years ago. Uh, Josh Parisian's the underdog. 
So anybody uh, fighting Chase Sherman, and Chase Sherman's the favorite, I'm fading Chase Sherman. So I'm going to do it again. Uh, I, I, I had Jared Vandera to beat Chase Sherman. That didn't do too well for me. So I faded both guys in their last fight. I'm picking the lesser of two evils. I'm picking the underdog. I'm picking for a finish, and I'm picking Josh Parisian to get the win. Okay, so if we look at method of victory, the under there at 2.5 is minus 160. Uh, Parisian straight up is plus 100, so you're getting even money right there. Bet 100 to win 100, bet 20 to win 20, whatever you want to do there. But Parisian to win by knockout or TKO is uh, plus 250. To win by submission is 9 to 1, and then to win by decision is 4.5 to 1. So we're thinking knockout here. We're thinking knockout okay. for sure. The, the worrisome with me is that if Chase Sherman shows some of the good takedown defense that he showed in his last fight against Jared Vandera and then gets a fight to the ground, then he's going to be able to have the, the decisive advantage, I believe, over Josh Parisian. Parisian's not getting up. But if, it, if the fight keeps standing, I think Chase Sherman just relies a little bit more uh, too much on his toughness. He doesn't really have good d- defense uh, from a striking standpoint. And a Parisian at plus money right now uh, on Wednesday afternoon, I'm, I'm going to play him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't have to go method of victory hunting there. Just take straight up at, uh, to win and to get his hand raised, and that'll get you some even money right there. Our uh, second-to-last fight here, Neil Magny against Daniel Rodriguez. Neil Magny minus 125, uh, the favorite here. Daniel Rodriguez, also a slight favorite. Not really the favorite, but it's not even money. It's minus 102. It's close to even money, as you can probably get. This fight was supposed to take place in the middle of October, uh, but it's going to happen on Saturday. So uh, this one should be fun to watch. I mean, both these guys are in the top 15 or so. They're trying to shuffle their way up into the top 10 area. So Neil Magny, obviously the favorite here at minus 125. This one should be a good fight. Yeah, it's it's probably the, the highest profile fight. No disrespect to the women that are fighting in the main event that, that the UFC is featuring on, on this fight card. Neil Magny is, you know, the gatekeeper of all gatekeepers at, at 170 pounds. Uh, wins a lot of fights. Uh, loses those high profile fights. He's got good stand up. He's got cardio for days. Five round experience. Uh, he's got submissions. He's got the, a clinch game that he really focuses in on, and that's actually what I'm going to focus in on because traditionally Neil Magny is one of the larger welterweights. Well, so is Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez is one of the, the larger uh, welterweights that we have right now, and he also likes to fight in a phone booth and, and, and dirty up things a little bit, and I think he's got some pretty good takedown defense. So uh, Daniel Rod- Rodriguez hits harder, and as long as he avoids uh, like a, a kickboxing match at range with Neil Magny, where Neil Magny's just kind of utilizing points and his jab mm-hmm. and leg kicks. If Daniel Rodriguez like kind of dirties it up a little bit and starts to land some of those power shots, uh, I think he wins the fight. Uh, so I think, you know, I, I like Daniel Rodriguez. He didn't look great in all that confusion and, and, and craziness that took place uh, at, when he fought uh, Jing Liang Lee at, 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 at UFC 279, where it was a late replacement. You know, originally he was supposed to fight Kevin Holland, who I think actually good for Daniel Rodriguez is kind of a similar foe that, that uh, Daniel Rodriguez was prepping for. Long, rangy, athletic guy. Maybe a little bit better with the, the submissions is Kevin Holland. So I like Daniel Rodriguez. He opened as a slight underdog. You say now he's a virtual pick I'm going to play him just strictly on the money line. Okay. Uh, I, I think Neil Magny is a tough guy to finish. Uh, if if there is going to be a finish, it's probably going to be a knockout. But but again, Neil Magny is not a guy that, that that traditionally gets finished. I think the last guy to do it via strikes was Santiago Ponzinibbio, like several years ago uh, when they were showcasing a fight in Chile. Uh, so I think uh, Daniel Rodriguez straight up would be the, my pick to win the fight. Yeah, because if you look at the over here, it's minus 215 for over 2.5, so there's no real value there. But if you're looking at method, method of victory, uh, Rodriguez to win 
by knockout, like you mentioned, is plus 330. To win by decision, which we think it's going to go to, is plus 250. And then by submission is 12 to 1. So that's a completely out of range. So, but just taking him as, you know, like a pick em, minus 102, that's basically even money, bet 100 to win 98. Like that's not bad odds at all. So that's good. I mean, you're going with that, you're basically getting him at even money. So that's, that's a, yeah, those are exactly. good odds right there. A couple of quickies I wanted just to, yeah. to check it out. It's actually Buenos Aires, Argentina. The last oh, time okay. he got knocked out, not Chile. Should have known that Santiago <laughs> Pantanibi was Argentinian. Uh, and Neil Magny did get finished his last time out, but we said that it was likely that he would, but he would last uh, the over one and a half rounds, and we were able to cash on that selection against uh, Shavkov Rachmanov uh, the last time that he fought. This is similar. I don't think like it's a quick finish. So, again, even though the trend I say traditionally for all these fights, 11 fights, 12 fights in the card, a lot of the unders, this one also an over. Okay, and then finally, our main event, Marina Rodriguez, uh, a huge favorite over Amanda Yamos here, minus 220. Uh, Amanda's the plus 168 uh, underdog here. This is to basically get into championship contention here, title conversation in this weight class here. Obviously, a main event, so it's going to be uh, five rounds here. Uh, Rodriguez entering off a four-white, four fight winning streak uh but she did get a a split decision over carla esparza so you've got that was debated there so maybe that could have been a win for her it was that was one of those ones where i think we kind of debated that uh the the refing there a little bit or the judge the scorekeeping there a little bit and then you've got uh also yamos who lost to uh, jessica andrade earlier and then now these two are fighting off to try to jockey for position a little bit in that weight class. Well, first off, on that Rodriguez lost to Carlos Esparza. I didn't argue it because we had our Esparza and she yes. cashes the underdog. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing we know is that was back-to-back fights where Mar- Marina Rodriguez like won the first round and won it convincingly. Like Almost could have been argued 10-8 rounds. It was in the Cynthia Calvillo majority decision draw the fight before that. Then it was probably a 10-9 round to Esparza, but her wrestling wasn't up to par. It wasn't up to snuff, and she got taken down and controlled in both those fights which is why it ended up in a draw, which is why it ended up in a split the decision yeah. loss. But since but that we point... But we won. We won. So we won. It's like that. Remember when they had the replacement refs for a while and there was that, that game, uh, the Packers against the Seahawks? Yeah. And like... You were you're like yeah that sucked but I won right. if you're on the right side like that's the same thing I was like yeah probably not but I won so I'm not gonna argue it so that's kind of what I meant there is like yeah we, we I mean we won but <laughs> but it didn't feel the best but you still won so you weren't gonna complain about it exactly exactly and and here's the thing about Rod- Rodriguez and which is why I love her like since that you know issue that she was dealing with the wrestling and being in control. That is not an issue anymore, in my opinion. Uh, she looked great against Hibas when she knocked her out over there in, in Abu Dhabi. Then she had a showcase fight against Michelle Waterson, you know, beat her. And then the really true test was the Mackenzie Dern fight. If you remember that fight, we also cashed on Marina Rodriguez. We said that Dern wasn't going to be good enough to control her. She controlled her almost at a 10-8 round, I think, in the first round. Almost finished her like once or twice. Didn't do it. And then that fight was kept standing the rest of the way. Now, I'm not suggesting that Amanda uh, uh, that her opponent on Saturday night is going to look for takedowns and, and, and try to establish that. But I just believe Marina Rodriguez is one of the best fighters we have in this division. So I like her straight up. I don't think there's an issue anywhere this fight goes. It's probably going to be mostly contested on the feet because we're talking about two women that like to do that. But Rodriguez, too big of a price, so I think we'll stuff her with uh, what we talked about earlier with Grant Dawson, maybe in a parlay, two-fight parlay. All right. uh, and maybe I could find one more on the prelims to, to add to that. Absolutely. I don't think that's bad, too, because even just those two in the parlay with Marina Rodriguez and Grant Dawson in the parlay, you're looking at uh, plus 114 right now, right around plus 115. So that's not bad for two fights to, uh, of, of two heavy favorites uh, to win that fight. 
right. Speaking of prelims, that is our main event. Is there any, before we get to uh, UFC 281, a quick preview of that, is there anything in the prelims that you have your eye on? Uh, well, I think that's where a lot of the unders are going to take place that I had, I had talked about. Uh, Pollyanna, Viana, uh, again, actually, I should have mentioned this earlier on. You know, uh, uh, Amanda Yamos, Pollyanna, Viana, and. Um, Tamirez Vidal, uh, all Brazilian fighters, all traveling from Brazil. I know for sure that Amanda Yamos finally was able to make it out of Brazil. There were some issues there with the flights being canceled. So I know she was on her way to Vegas when this is being recorded on Wednesday afternoon. I don't have uh, if, uh, if also you know the other women were on that same flight. Uh, hopefully they were. But Pollyanna Viana, I think, is a small play. Uh, as uh, as a fighter to get a finish against Jin Yu Fry, so I like her, and I think also uh, the Batista Lopez fight will not go to the judges' scorecards. We got two fiery guys that don't really have good defense. Uh, Mario <laughs> Batista should get the finish within a round and a half against Benito Lopez. He's minus two eighty five, so I'm going to throw him into that parlay as well. Sure. And now we're up to plus one ninety, so you're almost doubling your money there. That's pretty good. Uh, bet a hundred to win one pl- uh, to win a hundred and ninety, so that's not bad at all. So that is UFC Fight Night, Rodriguez versus Yamos. That's coming up on Saturday on ESPN Plus. Next Saturday, a week from this Saturday, so about 10 days away from when we're recording this, on November 12th, you've got UFC 281, another big pay-per-view. This is in Madison Square Garden in New York. You've got Israel Adesanya against Alex Pereira. This should be a great fight as the main event. Plus, you've got another uh, main event there with the, or another title fight, I should say. Carla Esparza against Yang uh, Weili. There, then you've got Dustin Poirier against Michael Chandler, Frankie Edgar against Chris Gutierrez, and then you know, is it time to fade in the prelims? As we've been talking about for a few weeks now, when she fights, is it time to fade Molly Meatball McCann? I mean, you know, I've been saying I've been saying it for weeks, uh, and it's it, here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. It's going to be the case with, with Aaron Blanchfield. Again, I'm going to play Aaron Blanchfield. I'm going to fade Molly McCann. I think Molly McCann is just you know, getting a lot of her notoriety based on the, associ- the association with Barstool Sports uh, and Dave Portnoy and the fact that you know, the back-to-back fights in, in her home country of England I think have been favorable matchups. I don't believe this will be the case. This is a fighter uh, in Aaron Blanchfield that's well-versed everywhere. But if I'm going to look even further down the road, that's not the same with Patty Pimblett. I like his matchup with Jared Gordon. Okay. So Jared Gordon's a guy that's a little bit emotional. I think the, the fight might get to him. So that, that's down the road. But, yes, I am fading once again. Probably <laughs> wrong. I am fading Meatball Maui. All right. Anything that uh, that catches your eye in that uh, that main card because she's in like she's in the early pre or the the prelims, not the early prelims, but the prelims that you can get on ESPN Plus before uh, the main event happens in the pay per view. Uh, but anything from whether it's the the two title fights, maybe Dustin Poirier against Michael Chandler, anything that stands out to you just right go now? I'll go to the main event. I just don't yeah. like the idea of having to think that Israel Adesanya is going to have to wrestle to win a fight. I, I, I know he's a he, he's MMA is different than kickboxing. And, you know, so you kind of kind of throw out the, the kickboxing wins that Alex Pereira has had over Israel Adesanya. But Alex Pereira has looked great in his three or four fights in the UFC. And under the tutelage of Glover Teixeira, uh, that certainly helps the credentials from a grappling standpoint. And, like, again, uh, you know, Israel Adesanya is, is unbelievable in the stand-up. But I think Alex Pereira matches, matches that. And even though there's a big fight experience for Adesanya, 
I don't think Alex Pereira is striking me as a guy that's going to be intimidated. Plus the mental edge, he knows he has knocked out Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya has been in wars. Uh, he, he also made a little, little wear and tear from an MMA standpoint. I'm I'm going to play Alex Pereira. It's plus one forty five right now as an underdog. So that looks like a good a good place. But we'll have a lot more on that next week on the Unnamed MMA Podcast. So to recap for this fight night, we've got a parlay going right now, and that is with Mar- uh, Marina Rodriguez, Grant Dawson, and Mario Bautista. That play pays plus one ninety. We're going to take Grant Dawson to win by decision, just a little bit of sprinkle, just a little bit of a sprinkle at plus one forty. Nate Manis uh, at plus one sixty. Josh Parisian at plus 100 even money and daniel rodriguez at minus 102 those are our picks for this ufc fight night he's jordan sherwood make sure you're following him on twitter uh because of some of the way in uh that could issues that could be taking place this week at wood on one uh, excuse me at wood on espn 1000 almost gave the uh the old the, handle, old, old, the old handle espn 1000 wood on espn 1000 you can follow me on twitter at adam a abdallah and we will be back next week to preview ufc 281 on the unnamed mma podcast